Record button. Let's do it. Recording. Hell yeah. Wham. This is. I'm, I'm so used to my own setup. It's weird. It's cool. I like it though. <laughs> Not being in charge. Yeah, it's because like, oh, uh, whatever. Like we have a remote guest record. Right. Like they have they have their own setup on their own end, but mm-hmm. it's just like, I'm so terrified that like, like we had one of the guys. You know, like the hard times. Yeah. We had one of the guys from the hard times on, and he was like, using his computer mic. Instead of like, he had a USB mic, but like halfway through the recording, he's like, oh yeah, I've just been recording with my computer mic and not, you know. Oh, just the laptop? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was like a noticeable change in quality <laughs> once he figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I do a podcast with two other people about Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi oh, Prime. <laughs> oh, okay, that's amazing. Um, and it's, do you know who Mike Park is? No. He owns Asian Man Records. Okay. okay uh, so it's with him and this uh, other person. It's so budget. Like, <laughs> it's all remote. Yeah. So, like, he's in California. The other person's in Philly. And uh, it's ridiculous how remote it is and how, like, low tech it is. <laughs> it's just all Skype conversations. Right. And uh, it's problematic. <laughs> cool. Well, I guess I'll, I'll start the show off. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, Something Brewed. This is another installment in the deep cut dive series of episodes where we pick a singular album and really just hone in on what makes it so interesting and special and this is this is the uh type of show where we just gush about an album that we love and uh, with me today in uh, beautiful grand rapids cold war studios we have rick johnson hello and uh new to the show first timer ian gold hey. That's uh, that's your name, right? Yeah, Gould. Okay, yeah, cool. Some people give me Gould or Gould. Who says Gould? You'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, my name is like three letters, but a lot of people have a lot of trouble pronouncing it. Like I get Yon or Ian. Really? Ion. Every science teacher I've ever had likes that one. Oh, of course right? they do. Well, today we are talking about an album that is very dear to my heart and presumably dear to your hearts. Uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What is this? Their fourth album? I think it's fifth record because you have the first record you yeah have the uh freaky styly yep. was next mm-hmm. uplift mofo party plan yep. and then mother's milk milk yep. mother's milk <laughs> mother's milk and then uh blood sugar sex magic yeah so we are talking about blood sugar sex magic today um i really i guess i just wanted to start it out with uh you guys just uh talk about how you discovered this album like kind of your first like how it became something that is i guess essential or something that you love do you want me to go first i'll go first sure yeah so i i'm i'm presumably older than both of you yes <laughs> okay so when this came out in 91 or 92 yeah 91 91 so i was prime age for, like, <laughs> uh, for this to be like the album of my youth um i remember being at science camp like because my uh, sixth grade year, all the kids would go to a two-day sleepover science camp, and somebody was just blasting under the bridge, and just like <laughs> it was very magical. Um, and then got into it, and also I knew about the Red Hot Chili Peppers because uh, I was a avid skateboarder, still am, um, and they were in this movie called Thrashing. Yeah. Oh, really? And uh, they were like the punk rock band at like the punk rock show <laughs> that like the Valley Kids go to, yeah. and then they meet up with like the non Valley Kids skaters <laughs> in chaos. And but that was like pre, um, it was freaky styly era. Uh, so with like Chilli Chilli Pe- Slovak Pe- and, Hello Slovak, Hello um, Slovak, and I, 
I don't the think Jack, I, Jack Irons wasn't in it yet. It was like Cliff Martinez. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think was still in it. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> their members outside of Hillel and Jack Irons at that point were pretty um, interchangeable, Yeah, seemingly. So like, just got it. You know, just got bought the record i think on cd it immediately broke and then dubbed it from a friend <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know like bought the shirts i saw them a couple times in that era they did lollapalooza right so i saw them on lollapalooza uh and yeah it's it a great record however I don't think it's their my favorite record of we'll say the five. Okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like I, this is like definitely in my mind the downturn of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so we'll leave it at that. We'll get we'll get into it. I got some theories. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Uh, Ian, yeah, I uh, since I was like a young kid, I grew up in, in Southern California, so L.A. and my dad was around. Like he remembers, he has a story of like going to Santa Monica Beach with like a boombox style and playing the CD and trying to pick up chicks. Oh, <laughs> I was like, cool, Dad. Like, you know, thanks for thanks for telling me those stories. Dad's got moves. Is this how you were birthed? This is, well, I hope not. You know, I don't think my mom... I mean, this is, the, <laughs> as far as like sexual content records... It's a, it's a it's tutorial. Pretty, like, yeah. it, it's a, There's some crazy shit. Yeah. Was your dad Sir Psycho Sexy? Yeah, I God. <laughs> when I listened to that story, I felt dirty and also like uh like I was learning at the same time. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I should feel about this. Um but when when I was this is the music that I listened to when I was like I guess you could call it when I was going through my angsty times. Yeah. Like a lot of people listen to like I don't know, my chemical romance or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the album that like really got me into like, you know, got me going. Okay. And so I remember the the first time I heard the album, I'd gotten this old computer from my uncle, and there was three albums downloaded on it. Okay. <laughs> so this is your version of Porn in the Woods. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was like hearing the words, and I was like, "This is getting me going," and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> And it was uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, this um, album by AFI. It's one of their early albums. And then, like, an MXPX album. And so those three albums, I was like, all right, I guess this is my life now. This is who I am. <laughs> I feel like that's, like, the quintessential uh probably early 2000s computer to receive if you're living in southern california (laughs) exactly it's like if i didn't know what like what my culture was i know now Uh, did they also issue you a pair of dickies yeah dude yeah (laughs) a pair of dickies and like uh high top converse yeah yeah yeah, for sure well i'll say for me i actually i listened to like uh stuff like californication and stadium arcadium first Mm -hmm. like I, i think i got into uh, what was it? The Danny California music video. I remember seeing mm. that on VH1 in high school and being, I I don't know where the the room stands. I like Stadium Arcadium. I I, I only know that song, and the only reason I know that song is because I was working at Circuit City when that record <laughs> came out, and oh. it was just on repeat. That oh. song and probably Snow. You just that, you hear that incessantly. Which one is that? A Red Hot Chili Peppers song? Yeah, yeah. that's on. Okay, that's the other like got that. smash. I just single. remember like. Like doing rounds because I worked in the warehouse, I would like drop stuff off at the music department. And there's in that video, there's just like a ripping guitar solo. And yep, John Frusciante dressed up like a Beatle. Like going, a, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the doing best the part face. of the music video. Um, that was the first album I actually bought with my own money because I was poor and I was like, <laughs> Chili Peppers got a new album, two discs. Yeah, like, man, that's what a steal. Yeah. Uh, so when I first listened to Blood Sugar Sex Magic, I actually that I was in my. Uh, I hate rap music phase. Like I, I, I feel like everyone had that phase in high school. Maybe no, no. Okay, it's just <laughs> yeah, me. I did. I mean, I was, I was, you know, pretty small conservative town. I didn't right. get what rap music was. I thought it was stupid. So like, when I hear <laughs> the power of equality, I'm like, but I listened to Californication and he was, he was singing on it. What's this? And I just, I did not like it initially. And then. Uh, I, I drove like a car that had a, a cassette deck in it, and I had like one of those cassette headphone jack adapters. Mm, of course, and it, and it, it connected to my Zune. Uh, oh, jeez! 
my Zune, which I still have. I've talked about I've talked about it on the show before, but my my Zune still functions. Uh, and like that broke, and I just didn't want to buy a new one. And I had a cassette of Blood Sugar Sex Magic, yeah. and I sort of Stockholm syndrome to myself, where I just put it in the car, and for like two months straight, like I just listened to that record like front to back every time I drove anywhere, that's... and it seriously grew on me. Oh, that's intense. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to to get into yeah, it. Yeah, I. But uh, no, I I actually love this record a lot. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting because not knowing like a bunch of their earlier stuff, uh, I feel like this is like a shift in tone. I feel like it it it's borderline like they're trying to be like almost Rage Against the Machine ish, like kind of the heavier guitars in some of the songs. Um, I I think it's. Full John Frusciante blasting his ideas and like yeah. them playing off that. It's also when Anthony Kiedis realized that he can sing, kind of. Kind of. And uh, <laughs> that is the downfall of this band, in my opinion. That's why he starts I mean, trying to sing. Truthfully, controversial opinion John Frusciante and Anthony Kiedis. I don't think make a good artistic couple in That's my fair. mind. Um, Cause like, it's not good anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> it feels very safe and not dangerous. And like, yeah, this is the last record. I feel like they're dangerous mm. prior to this. Every record was like, Oh shit. They're going to wear socks on their dicks and be naked yeah. on stage. Yeah. And now there's just like, Funky verse, sing songy chorus. Funky verse, sing songy chorus. Look how weird this verse is. <laughs> Normal ass chorus that is sort of saying okay. Yeah. I feel like they realize that formula. On this yeah, record. yeah. I would say that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I feel like I read in his book that he started taking like singing lessons around this time too. Like he, I don't think he was like trained in any way until absolutely not trained it's a shame because um <laughs> i would maybe he's still not trained did did I you think that's part did of the you charm. watch that doc- i did i did watched you it watch last night. how terrible he's singing in that <laughs> well yeah i mean did if you, you have you seen funky yeah. monks and if you've ever seen them live you kind of yeah. realize like oh uh, yeah <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> well because uh rick rubin produced this right yeah um this is the first uh album that he produced Oh really? With, that, with the chili peppers? With the chili peppers. Yeah, with yeah, the chili peppers. Because um, I noticed that like uh, his vocal mix is very like there's no reverb on it whatsoever. No, it's very like very shocking how reverb light this record is. Except mm-hmm. for the drums, I feel like I feel like the drums are huge. Yeah, well, <laughs> that they recorded it in this that mansion, mm-hmm. so I think that's just what that mansion sounds like. Yeah. So. Not the last LCD sound system record, but the one before that was also recorded at that. Oh, that really? Low. Okay. So it has a very similar sonic footprint. Because I feel like the the drums on this record are I don't know I don't know about you guys I love them I love the they're great. Um, <laughs> that when I was when I did when I was at Chili Peppers cover band Whoa. that was my you're, you're just gonna drop that on us like oh sorry casually <laughs> yeah I was in a Chili Peppers cover band you what wanted, did you do I played drums nice because they were like you should sing and I was like. I'm going to be worse than Anthony Kiedis is, which, <laughs> which might be better, might be better, but uh, no, I'm going to play drums because that's what I do, and the name of the band was Socks on Cox, that's uh, of and you know, we we got together because we started playing uh, Nirvana, you know, songs like Smells Like Teen Spirit. So you were a Nirvana cover band? Well, and that's how we all kind of met. We're okay. like, oh, you guys like Nirvana? I like Nirvana too. Let's play, uh, I can play drums. Controversial statement. You guys like Nirvana? <laughs> You have to like meet in a parking lot, like with cloaks on. You guys yeah, like, Nirvana? Guess, like Nirvana. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we started just you know playing you know under the bridge and can't stop and yeah, you know all like the the hits, the but, radio hits. Um, and I always wanted to put a sock on my cock and perform because <laughs> I'm sitting behind the drum, so I'm I'm protected. Yeah, yeah but uh, they were like, no, nah, we're uh, we're good. We're we don't want to do that. <laughs> Authenticity. Yeah, I was like, we got to do it. We can't call ourselves a Chili Peppers band if we don't come out just at least half naked. Right. Well, let's uh, let's play a clip for the audience, if for anyone, if you've somehow never heard this record before. Um, I always like to start with just the first song on the record. Let's do it. Um, so here is a little bit of The Power of Equality by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. 
You know, now that you've pointed it out to me, funky verse in the same funny chorus. Yeah, it's a formula. <laughs> it's not so much on this song, but like... Funky Monks? Oh no, it's, it is on this song. But it, it, they, they hadn't figured, they hadn't developed the idea yet. Yeah. And then this, but this is still a funky verse. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's still a funky chorus. Right, and then like John Prashanti, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. bridge. Gods. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were talking about like band chemistry and like Prashanti and Kiedis, like not super like meshing well together. Well, I, I think they mesh well together. Right. I just think the the product is terrible. <laughs> gotcha. Because I think um, I don't know. Because I don't know if you follow any like Chili Peppers stuff. Because like he's back in the band now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't give it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think there's like, like a... yeah, the Chili Peppers are to me what Anthony Kiedis's heroin addiction is to him. Yeah, you, just, you know, like it, I just it's always gonna be there. Yeah, I keep coming <laughs> back to it. I keep getting. Uh, burned <laughs> <laughs> but i think uh uh flea said that him and josh klinghoff are just they god they played for almost a decade though mm-hmm. like i i don't know it still feels like that what i'm with you it was like oh yeah that came out a few years ago i was like no that's 2011 yeah right. that was like almost 10 years ago it doesn't percent like it doesn't feel like that well, but they don't i guess flea said that basically like they didn't they tried as they might they just could not <laughs> sink right, i guess and right. i feel like this this record like Flea and John Frusciante are like locked yeah, well, in. Yeah, like it's like one of those. It's like your you know your your first girlfriend, or <laughs> you know your first partner. Uh, it's great, and then you break up, and you're like, "Ooh, I want, <laughs> I want that back." <laughs> uh, and then everything in between suffers because you keep comparing. Yeah, everything else to <laughs> that, but it can never be that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they. I was reading about um, breaking the girl. I guess that's a. We'll probably get to that song, but they could not perform that li- live for shit when they were on the first tour. Um, Anthony Kiedis couldn't couldn't sing. Just it. couldn't do it. Yeah, like six eight time is so hard for for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, he does sing a lot, a lot in this record. Um, <laughs> he may sing. More on this record than any record prior. Yeah. hundred um, percent. I would think that the album also sort of marks a change in Flea's style a little bit of... Uh, not playing slap bass. Not slapping the shit out of the, the bass the whole time. <laughs> yeah. it's Although that more. song is a hundred percent slap bass. I yeah. Just listen to. It, it, in an interview, he said the only, uh, was it, the only song that he used slap bass on was um, Apache Rose Peacock or... Or was it that song was slap bass? Yeah, too. But according to him, it's subdued. That's not flea slap. But, <laughs> oh, okay. There's, different, know, there's a, different tiers. Of I, slap I guess or flea. he said he didn't. He was contributing to this like stereotype that white white bass players just like to slap the bass, and that's all they do. <laughs> so he sort of was like, "All right, I'll take a a hiatus. I'll take a hiatus yeah. from slapping it." I do feel like it, it is a lot more melodic on some of these songs, which I don't. know, I think watching that. Uh, the documentary there's like one part where i think even rick rubin was just like no just just do this just hit like those two notes you don't have like you don't don't overcomplicate it right um the other interesting thing about that documentary was like just listening to them talk yeah they're like, terrible people they're just, <laughs> just they just they were so like like this is about like spirituality and just like it just and then it would cut to a scene about them like very graphically talking about fisting a woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is all about love and music. And then they're just like, what? They, were they like talking about uh, like dirty magazines too at, at some point yeah. like that? And it's just like, and then it cuts to like Anthony Kiedis sitting outside of like a burger shack or something like that. And there's like traffic going by. And he's talking about pretending to be like in a relationship with someone to score heroin under the bridge. Like, yeah. He had a he he was shooting up with these uh, this Mexican gang, and so in order to gain access to you know the spot, he had to pretend to be engaged to one of the gang members' sisters, um, so that he can go down and get his fix. Like what? Yeah, it's pretty rough. 
Oh, well, this boy. all, I mean, I mean, speaking of that, this is the album that led John Frusciante to quit in the first place, which right. watching, watching that documentary and like kind of hearing the pseudo intellectual, like pretentiousness of, you know, their craft and their art. Like he just, <laughs> they went from playing, you know, dive bars to stadiums and a, he just self-sabotaged. Right. Um, yeah. Like there's that really famous clip of uh, the SNL performance oh, yeah. under yeah. the bridge. Where like he hated it so much that uh, he was was he playing it he was playing it differently he was yeah like a... well he was just doing different modulations of the chord <laughs> my my favorite this is gonna be a terrible uh, my favorite part of that video but this is terrible for a podcast is like he's like playing the intro and like looks at Anthony Kiedis and it's Anthony just... Kiedis is like what the fuck he's just is happening at like, all. this is this is insane this is fucked up I don't know where to come in and then like. Like a real bro movie, he's just like, now, like, what's up? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it plays one of the most bizarre performances on SNL. <laughs> Maybe I'll in post. I'll I'll throw in uh, a what's up. up. <laughs> yeah, I love that watching that performance because I felt so uncomfortable, like <laughs> like watching Anthony Kiedis stare down John Frusciante well, like what are you doing dude like <laughs> do you like this is a huge TV show and you're just bumble dicking around on your guitar right. over there I also love that everybody is basically naked except for John Frusciante who's <laughs> wearing all the clothes <laughs> <laughs> it's like they all just gave them to him yeah. <laughs> let's uh let's throw in another sample um which uh which one do you think would be the biggest single off this record under the bridge. Under the bridge. Is it under the bridge? Yeah. Because I know, like, what, Suck My Kiss and Give no, It Away. 100% under the bridge. Under the bridge is the only album that they've come out with that's been top five yeah. in, on, oh, yeah. on the billboards. And that's when the problem started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is a little clip of Under the Bridge from Blood Sugar Sex Magic. insane that this was a top five hit <laughs> like it just proves like the 90s were a wild time for music not a song about doing heroin under <laughs> sometimes i feel like i don't have a partner sometimes i feel like my only friend well i don't he wasn't even planning on presenting this song to the band to put on the record no, I don't think right. Rick Rubin was like sing that one about under the bridge <laughs> accidentally stumbled upon it right mm -hmm. I drive on the streets cause she's my companion I walk through the hills cause I feel like it's like the it's like it's their uh Almost like their stairway to heaven. Yeah. yeah. Like, but I don't. I don't know if they hate performing it like like Robert Plant hates performing <laughs> Stairway to Heaven. But it's probably one of those songs where it's just like, all right, fine, we'll throw this in at the encore. Or like, <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think they do a lot of songs off this record or pre californication anymore right i saw him in 2012 at in uh van andel just because i'd never seen him before right. was that with the foo fighters uh no i don't remember who opened up actually but uh yeah they did they did close out with sir psycho sexy which i was Whoa. very surprised to Weird hear choice. but uh i think <laughs> they did i think they did under the bridge um they really didn't do much else i think they didn't really do anything off of um Stadium Arcadium either like oh, okay. they did the two hits off that and then yeah, I think they were really trying to push their new album at the time the I'm with you I'm, it was Josh was in the band yeah yep. and it was it was good <laughs> from what I remember <laughs> I was just excited to see them at all because yeah I haven't seen them since I was young so like I feel like the uh, veil of youth and my memory of that and as a f almost 40 year old now would be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> Cause yeah. Um, 
was I going to say? Like, Anthony Kiedis now, they're all like in their pushing 50, right? I think they're pushing 60. Are they? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. If they were 20 in the 80s. That's like a PDA Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> <laughs> While you're doing that, uh, I saw Anthony Kiedis in the flesh in uh, in Hawaii a few few months ago. Oh, really? And my dad disappointed him. He said that's the first and only interaction I'll ever have with Anthony Kiedis, and <laughs> I disappointed him. We are there's a lot of one way bridges in in Hawaii, so when you're driving across, it's like one car at a time, right? And you like the local customers like. Six cars go from one direction, then you let six cars go from the other direction. They tell you that when you rent a car. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and like my my parents live out there. They you know they work out there, so we're like driving around, and we come around this corner and we see a jeep crossing the bridge. We're like, oh, it looks like just one person. Then we see this dude stick his head out the window and start <laughs> wagging his finger at people. Like, what are you doing? Like, there's too many cars going by, and so like we pull up, and my dad's like, I'm so sorry, like I didn't see anybody going. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> and, and my stepmom, like, sc- like, starts screaming, like, oh, my God, it's Anthony Kiedis. Oh, my because God. She, you know, like, in front in front of him? Th- that was the guy sticking his head out yeah, the window. Yeah, like, everyone started freaking out. Yeah. In like, front of Anthony Kiedis. And my, like, oh, my God, it's My dad Anthony just, Kiedis. like, is super embarrassed. Like, there's people in the back of the car, like, you know, like, fangirling out. Yeah. Anthony Kiedis is right there with his neck tattoo. And, <laughs> and my dad's just, like, I've just been chastised by, like, one of my favorite musicians ever. <laughs> and he's just like really quiet, really somber for the rest of the, like that day. <laughs> yeah. You used to see Anthony Kiedis around Grand Rapids all the time because his dad lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was always fun. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everyone from Michigan, like if you're from this area, kind of has an Anthony Kiedis story. I haven't seen him, but I'm, like I was at a random steak and shake and like I was wearing a chili pepper, the tour shirt from that show that I saw. And the guy was like, yeah, I was out in, like, Grand Haven jet skiing on Lake Michigan. I looked over, and, like, there's Flea and Anthony Kiedis just <laughs> on adjacent jet skis just doing shit. Um, I feel like I had a uh, – I think one of my buddies that I used to be in a band with, uh, Chuck, Chuck Whiting. I don't know if you know no, who that no. is. He, he, like, he busks out in South Haven. Like, okay. he'll, he'll busk for, like, four hours, and he plays, like, old Hank Williams tunes. And uh, – I remember him telling me that, like, Anthony Kiedis walked by and I think requested this, like, obscure Hank Williams song. <laughs> and he was, like, so grateful that he knew it and, like, played it. And he, you know, he danced on the side of the yeah, sidewalk yeah. or whatever, but. That's cool. <laughs> Still a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, from reading his book. Not. Uh, what? <laughs> well, he's. Isn't. He's, like, dated people that are, like, 20 years younger than him, right? He's dated people that are also, like, 16. Right. Uh, <laughs> that have gotten emancipated so that they can be with him. Oh. I think his current girlfriend slash mother of his child is also, like, 19. Whoa. Or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not excusing that action because I think it's terrible, but, like, mentally he's probably stunted at that. Age. just from whatever drug use drug use and i would say like being the guy from the red hot chili peppers <laughs> just like when you're a famous musician you just kind of get to do whatever you want and, right. and get away with that kind essentially, of shit. essentially this was his first band and he knocked it out of the park <laughs> <laughs> yeah one and done i'll stop here um i forgot what i was gonna say god damn it speaking of other bands you guys ever listen to chicken foot yeah I don't like it. I don't like it either. <laughs> but I, when I learned Chad Smith had another band, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, I like Chad Smith. Is and he I, Is he the normal one? He's just like, he's the drummer. He's the Will Smith looking. Oh, you know, Wolf, the Will, Will Ferrell looking Will guy. There. Oh, yeah. What, who did I say? He said Will Smith. <laughs> A little different. He's the normal one, but he's also one of two people in this band that have like serious sexual assault allegations against them. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. You don't know about this. <laughs> Uh, so I think Chad Smith and Flea had like a MTV Spring Break. Okay, that's all um, you had to say. <laughs> oh, God, like, did some sketchy shit with a with a audience member, and she filed charges against them. Woof! <laughs> your, your life is going crashing down. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, what do you expect from like '90s rock stars? I'm not. 
<laughs> Never once in my life was I was like, these are great people. Yeah, these are idols. <laughs> I'm like, these are people I, I should look up to. I like the music. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, I mean, you listen to some of the lyrics. I mean, not to get all pearl clutchy, like you can sing about sexual stuff, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. just like when you hear shit like that and then listen to like. Right. I think that was pre this record. I think that was like Mother's Milk era. I think yeah. they were playing. I can't remember. I'll look it up while we if we listen to another song. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was that it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Ian, do you have a do you have a track? Um, you play. You know, I think we should listen to the title track, "Blood Blood Sugar Sex Magic." Or do you want to save it? Oh no, that's good because I I do think that's that's like my favorite song on this oh, really? record. That's my least favorite. Song. Really? Oh, I one of I don't count their "Red Hot" as a song on this record. Yeah, um, that's truly that's my outro. least favorite song. <laughs> I wish it would have just ended because like the outro of Sir Psycho Sexy is so it's epic. Yeah. It's so perfect, and then it's just like I almost just want to shut it off after yeah. that. Cause I I'm... feel like in, in a Funky Monks they show them recording that by like a fire. I think they're like, "Yo, this is great. We did this track. <laughs> we got to put it on the record." And it's just kind of like, "No, you don't." Because <laughs> there's 19 songs on this record. 17. 17. 17. Wait, which apparently they recorded like 27 or yeah. 25, oh, something like that. I want, I want it. Is there like an expanded version of this where you can hear the other songs? <laughs> like what got cut? Well, there is on on like the Apple Music version. There's uh two bonus tracks. One of them's Little Miss Lover, hmm. and then the other is a cover of Castles Made of Sand. Oh, this is this is still bad, but it's not that bad. Of uh... so after the 1990 uh, incident, the spring break, the Red Flea. Ran into the crowd, grabbed a 20-year-old woman, threw her over her shoulder, pulled down her bikini bottom, and Chad Smith started slapping her ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, here's a little bit of blood sugar sex <laughs> magic, I guess. <laughs> that is a good drum intro, though. Mm-hmm. Somebody should sample it. I'm surprised it hasn't. Yeah. Yeah, I think my beef is the low talking vocal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's just like saying nonsense. He's like, what, blood sugar sucker, sucker fish in my dish? How many pieces do you like? (laughs) Just like nursery rhyme (laughs) shit. like trying to be George Clinton. It's like uh like screaming headless torsos and you know Bootsy Collins get together. It is a little corny. I'll admit that. <laughs> See, that's I, I. I'm very biased because, like, I, I just listen to it, you know, in my car and yeah. just get all pumped up about it. But it's like if you if you start to critically analyze it, it's just like, <laughs> uh, it's got that hook, that, that the chorus. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I dig it. I, don't, I I feel like John Frusciante is probably the best. Well, he. I don't know if you know that, but like John Frusciante is like very very like i don't know if he's like classically trained but like he is way better than i think he lets on in a lot of these songs like yeah i, I would that's yeah like he, he auditioned for like frank zappa's band or yeah. was going to yeah. and then mm-hmm. like basically because he was a junkie like he was was he a junkie yet i think this is when he became a junkie yeah i think he i think he was using before but i, okay. I don't think it was like something that negative like it didn't impair him from being, but I think he knew that Frank was just like, no drugs no, we don't yeah. do whatsoever, this. which seems bizarre coming from Frank Zappa, but you know, and yeah, for well the re- I mean Frank's music was just tough, yeah, but you couldn't really play it, not sober. <laughs> I had um, true looked at a this guy had this guy do an arrangement of G Spot Tornado. Oh God, 
and the song that he was like nobody could play this it's too hard <laughs> he was right it's too hard <laughs> when you guys listen to a song funky monks how many times do you think that song ends when it doesn't actually end you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's the one that was yeah and it's like okay we're done just kidding guitar solo. here we go again <laughs> and it does that like four or five times and every time i'm like oh yeah okay next song oh wait this is still going <laughs> but i i kind of like that i do i do think that the album flows really well oh yeah like, totally it goes from like harder hitting you know funk jam to like slower acoustic sad boy ballad i mean honestly it's the most cohesive red hot chili peppers record like as far as like 95 percent of it is all jams <laughs> whereas like every record before it has been like oh why did you put this song on? <laughs> like do i need to listen to this song called yurtle the turtle <laughs> yes i do not yes you do you didn't know you needed it <laughs> yeah the transitions between some of these songs i'm a sucker for like seamless transitions mm-hmm. and this album nails it most of the time yeah, like I feel like Funky Mucks going into Suck My Kiss is yeah. like a good transition. Or or Under the Bridge going into uh, uh, Naked, in the, Naked rain. in the Rain. See, I feel like everything up to Under the Bridge for me is like A-tier material. Okay. And then after Under the Bridge, like Naked in the Rain, Apache Rose Peacock, and like the Greeting Song are like kind of flyover songs. Oh, like, really? I really the Greeting like Song the greeting has my song. favorite sound on a record. Yes, Okay. Is it that guitar song? <laughs> yes. And also at the very beginning, Anthony Kiedis is going, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, we'll just do it at some point and you hear it. When I was a kid, I think I tried to record that on my phone. So that was the sound that woke me up in the morning. You know how I used to like record things off the radio to try to yeah, use yeah. them. I, that I Wait, they played the greeting song on the radio? No. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> Well, let's, uh, yeah, let's play a little bit of the greeting song so I can hear uh, what you guys are... It's super subtle and quick. And like, right at the beginning, it's just... It, it happens all the time. <laughs> You'll never, you'd never notice it if I were to... <laughs> 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 Arguably, the bridge in this song is forgettable, though. Yeah. <laughs> is this this guitar tone is like your favorite, or it's? Boom, right here. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I don't know if they overdubbed it or like if he just played it, <laughs> and they're like, yes. that that note legitimately is my favorite thing on this record (laughs) hands down Um, blew my mind when i heard it i didn't know how they did it still don't know how they did it (laughs) (laughs) but it's in there well, there, there's a lot of, like, interesting stuff that I feel like is unconventional. And, like, wh- it's especially watching, like, the Funky Monks documentary, like, they have, like, toy pianos. Mm-hmm. Like, all these, like, weird little instruments. Like, oh, what is it? Is it Breaking the Girl? They're, like, looks like they're beating on. on garbage cans. <laughs> but it's, like, in the song, it, it yeah. is pretty effective. Or the, um, I don't remember what song, the, the flute, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, is that still Breaking the Girl? Is it the same song? I think I think it's still on Breaking the Girl. I don't know what you're talking about. I would have to hear it. It's just like that extended flute. Yeah, it is. Um, solo. But I, I love watching uh, in that documentary, like John Frusciante beating the shit out of a 12-string guitar. <laughs> like, just trying to get that. I mean, it's it's cool, but it's just, I don't know. It sounds so intense. Yeah, like it almost sounds painful to, to to play. How hard he's strumming that guitar. Yeah, 
Yeah, let's let's play a little bit of, of Breaking the Girl. We can f- maybe find this extended flute solo. <laughs> it's in here somewhere. Oh, it's a Mellotron. It's not a flute. Oh, right. Uh, okay. okay. I was making sure because I, I thought that Brendan O'Brien was the engineer on this. He is, <laughs> and uh, it's a Mellotron. So I think it's near the end. There's the garbage. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Right yeah, there. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing that sort of was was um something that helped define this band with this record was like john prashanti singing harmonies and doing um like the, the falsetto vocal because arguably he is the better singer of the two <laughs> are you talking between him and anthony kiedis right but i think flea was also doing also the same singing, yeah but he just doesn't do it live oh uh, because it's just like yeah, no. it's all it's all like head falsetto right I think that that was when when I was in his album. That's my favorite part of any of any song is when there's falsetto in it, because I'm like, oh, or under the bridge when it's just like when that woman starts singing. When it's all falsetto, yeah. I I think that's just a woman. It, they it just hired. The it was rumor like, that I heard was that it was like like John Frusciante's like grandmother oh. or like mother. I think it was his. I think it was like either a sister or something like that. Because I think if. I have Gail uh, Frusciante and her friends choir vocals on <laughs> Under the Bridge. Yep. Yeah, I was gonna say like it, it's in the booklet. I remember looking at it last night. I like, get to see Jeff Frusciante walking into a church. Like, hey, Grandma! Like, <laughs> you, you, a couple of your friends come over and sing with for me. What, what's this song about? What, what's he doing under the? Br- d- never mind. Never mind. You, you don't need to know. <laughs> he's knitting. <laughs> yeah, he's knitting under the bridge. I mean, needles are involved. Needles, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, Brendan O'Brien, who recorded what was the engineer on this record, has a very 90s discography. <laughs> he is responsible for a lot of records that everybody loves. <laughs> Every Stone Temple Pilots record. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Lots of Pearl Jam records. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably, I would say, like, because, like, the way that uh, uh, Rick Rubin, like, produces, he doesn't. He's not like in the trenches, like twiddling dials, you know. He's like just picking songs. Mm-hmm. So like Brendan O'Brien probably had more to do this with this record than he probably gets credit for. Yeah, and that video looked like Rick Rubin was just hanging so, out. He was just his thing is he sits, he gets a couch, he sits on his, he like lays on his stomach with a microphone, and is like, "That's the one." <laughs> <laughs> Brendan O'Brien also did the first. Raging the Machine record too. Oh, okay. So like, he's a power. That's pretty good. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I was was it Rage Against the Machine or what? What other band was it that I feel like I heard this story about? Um, it was like the Chili Peppers were gonna play this festival, and they were like, "We're not gonna play it." It's Mr. Bungle. Mr. Bungle. That's because who it was. Mr. Bungle had a record that they were gonna call Californication, <sighs> that was coming out at the same time as Californication, Whoa. and so. The, they like pressured them into changing it so that the Mr. Bungle record California is California yeah and uh yeah there's still beef apparently and so like they would uh, also were dressing up as the chili peppers <laughs> and like their anchor would be they would dress up in like uh one hot minute era mm-hmm. chili peppers like leather fatigues like <laughs> Patton would have the firearm bands and uh yeah well Mr. Bungle that's um Mike Patton from like from Faith, Faith No More, More. Yeah. was I haven't listened to a lot of Faith No More but that was kind of like in the same vein what was that it the re- the first record that Mike Patton is on could be considered potential very close skirting to Red Hot Chili Peppers territory <laughs> like sort of funk new metal almost or... yeah 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 and uh the next record after that Angel Dust is pretty I would say 
their pinnacle is not a whole lot of chili pepper. Like not, not a lot yeah, of similarities yeah, yeah. there. But like that song Epic would be mm-hmm. pretty pretty chili peppery. <laughs> Peppered with the peppers. Peppers with yeah, the peppers. Yeah, yeah. Well I guess uh in closing here, if that's cool with you guys. Um I guess any any final thoughts about this record? It's uh it's sort of I don't know cultural relevancy staying power i don't know anything like that or does it have staying power though because like i feel like everything that they've done up to now has kind of they're washing their past away it does seem that way um like you were talking earlier about like their newer stuff just being very safe it's super safe like they're not going to be sexually assaulting anyone on MTV <laughs> right now i don't know i'd like you know this is i think this is a great album um I think because it's nostalgic to me. Um, and then going back and listening to it and like trying to decipher any of the lyrics at all, <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, there's some stuff in here that I agree with. And it's like, like if, you know, if uh, Bernie, San- Bernie Sanders had to choose a new campaign song, <laughs> should be Power of Equality. <laughs> People wouldn't look too far into it, right? Well, yeah, you did know? you see that uh, Flavor Flav got fired from uh, Public Enemy? Really? Because, like, him and Chuck D had some disagreements about Bernie, and, like, he was like, all right, well, you're out of the band. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, Chuck... I didn't, I didn't know that. That I, it happened, like, literally, like, last night, because, like... That's why all the Facebook feeds talking about... Everyone was talking about that, yeah. Yeah, Flavor Flav. Huh. Yeah, which I guess Chuck D owns all of that shit anyway, so... Yeah, that so. would make sense. But, yeah, Flavor <laughs> Flav is out. I mean, so, Public Enemy now is just Chuck D, because the, the racist is also out, uh... The, well, not racist. Uh, bigot. <laughs> so the, the in flame in Public Enemy, there was like the guys that were dressing like weird Black Panther army fatigues. Yeah, and they apparently the main guy in that army fatigue situation hated Jews. Jeez. Oh, oh like, well. And then uh, <laughs> he got kicked out. Too. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, Public Enemy is just Chuck D now. Right. Um. What were we talking about? I got distracted Weird. by Ch- Chuck D. You were talking about oh, you were talking about like Bernie making this the power of equality like his uh, like his anthem. Yeah, right. I, I think it should just be the whole album. Blood, <laughs> blood, sugar, sex, Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get that on a T-shirt. <laughs> just like the, like the the album cover, but it's like but Bernie's face, face Bernie. and like oh, yeah. AOC and like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tight. I'd wear it. Yeah. I mean, I had a blood sugar sex magic shirt. Yeah, like. I had two Red Hot Chili Peppers shirts. One, it just said, it had the, you know, the logo. Dude. And then it had his back piece. And I think he just, like, tribal back piece. Oh, boy, yeah. It was cool. <laughs> then I had that. I, I, I bought that shirt at Lollapalooza. And then I had uh, another one that I bought at, like, a t-shirt store. Right. Like, cool. And my mom was like, you can't wear that to school. <laughs> I like, okay. Um, I do think, I guess, in, in closing here, I don't. I feel like this record couldn't be made again. No, it's impossible. Most records in the 90s would not be made today. Yeah. It's impossible for all of my favorite records would not exist. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wonder sad. if that's why they're... I don't know if that's why they're... Because like, they're the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They could, if they could go into a studio and do whatever they want because they have that the status, brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, they should do that. It's weird. Yeah. Like, because, like, you're not hearing songs from their newer records on the radio. So why would it, Why would you want to be, like, maybe artistically safe? Or, yeah, why do you want to... Because, like, did you read that article with Josh Klinghoffer about how, like, like we were writing songs. I was like, let's make them sound like the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. And they're like, eh. And he's like, okay, let's make half of them sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's just compromising, like, oh, half of them. Maybe. And he was like, yeah, real excited. And then they kicked him out. And he's like, they're going to scrap that record. Dang. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, yeah, it was like a radio interview. I didn't watch it. I think I saw, like, the. His his Mark Marin interview is really good. Mm. You, oh, interesting. If you, wanna, if you want something to listen to on your drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's good. Like, you get the sense that Josh Klinghoffer is a really nice guy. And that he's not bitter about getting fired. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, like, 
after playing with them for nearly a decade and then them just being like, yeah, we want the old guy back. Well, like, they, well, Josh and John Fushanti are friends. Like, I think they were. I think it, the the way that that interview sounded is that it got weird huh. once he joined. Because, like, so it sounded like, so the last tour that Fushanti did, they were touring and it was, everyone was getting burnt out. And, like, Josh Klinghoffer showed up and they're like, hey, you want to play guitar on a couple songs? And then he's like, sure. Like, you know, like, I guess he was out with, uh, what's that? Uh, the, the band that covered, uh, that violent femme song that, uh, Gnarls Barkley. Was oh like, yeah. Gnarls yeah, Barkley. yeah. And, uh, he like left that tour, showed up, he knew everybody. So like, he was just hanging out and like, yeah. yeah, come sit in for a couple songs. He sat in and then ended up finishing the tour. And then everyone was like, we're just going to take a year off. And, uh, they took a year off and. They're like, okay, we're going to get back. We're going to start writing some songs. And Josh was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And they're like, all right, hey, Josh, you want to <laughs> <laughs> come in and play songs with us? And then I, I think it got weird with them after that. Damn. Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's what Flea was like, just couldn't mesh with him. Like, I guess, in a, like, you can play the songs, but, like, in a creative way, I guess right, they, just, they right. just didn't. That makes sense. I mean, that was the same thing that happened literally when John Frusciante quit. He was every guitarist after that you could tell like none of them were meshing like there's a video of like when uh jay navarro day navarro dave navarro dave wow, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> dave navarro dave. <laughs> sorry jay from the suicide machines uh, <laughs> dave navarro um they're like jamming when yeah. he was in the band and like flea's like f- just funking it up <laughs> and like Dave Navarro is like really trying, but he can't funk. He can't play funk, and you could tell like Dave Navarro is disappointed. Flea's disappointed, and then like in the background, I feel like Anthony Kiedis is just like shaking his head. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I like the song Aeroplane. It's good. Yeah, but that's like the only memorable song from that record for me. You don't like all my friends? I'd have to hear it. It's been a while since I've visited that record. Yeah, it's all right. I, I would I would say uh, if you're looking for a weird stopgap in between this record and Californication, <laughs> that's worth a listen. Well, that's that's kind of what I've read from like after he quit, they did one hot minute, and then he came back. Like Californication was like a huge record, right? And then they did By the Way, which mm-hmm. like By the Way is very. I almost want to use the word twee. I don't think it's twee, but it's. I think I remember reading somewhere that like. It was basically like, yeah, John Frusciante's back and he's clean, and he's <laughs> he has taken over the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right. So, because of that, because of the records that he came back for, I think that John Frusciante is the worst guitar player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> in guitarist pantheon of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I'm going to say he's my least favorite. <laughs> Um, guitarist in this band that's had way too many guitarists. <laughs> He's not even in the top three <laughs> of guitarists from this band. For me. But it's, which is wild because that that's all that people talk that's, about. He, he's like, the only guitarist like that people John know. Is back. Yeah. Like, like when he came back my friends texted me it's like Frusciante is back I'm like yeah I don't fucking care <laughs> great it's like cool I'm ready to get disappointed once again in a band that I used to love who knows maybe they'll make uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic part 2 you know I want them to make Uplift Mofu Party Plan part 2 yeah that would be an interesting uh, heel turn in their right in their career I mean why not like why it's not like they're like you're saying they're not being played on the radio right. it's like they're not gonna make any less money by doing the badass, you know, throwback album. But I don't think they have it in them. They're too old. They just, yeah. I, I feel I like th- Anthony Kiedis considers himself a singer now instead of like what he, what they were. A yeah. bad rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd rather be a bad rapper than a bad singer. Right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Nothing would make me more happy. <laughs> have my mind blown about oh shit they're fucking going for it <laughs> but like there's no way it can happen they've they're they're out of the funk <laughs> they've been passed by 
<laughs> well, I would like to thank uh, Rick for letting us use his studio and equipment. Uh, I'd like to thank Ian for coming on to talk about this record. Um, Rick, do you have anything to plug? Oh, no. Well, I guess I, I also do a podcast about Degrassi, but I'm... I'm... <laughs> There might not be a lot of blood sugar, sex, magic, Degrassi crossover. <laughs> uh, so whatever you want to do, but no, whatever. I don't care. What's it called? It's called I'm in love with a girl named Spike. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. Is uh, it like episodic? Like you were using Yeah, episodes? so me and the other two people do episode by episode. And then the, the, real, the host, Mike... Uh, has a really wild backstory with the woman that played Spike. Um, and so they're friends. And so, like, we just Whoa. randomly get to interview, like, cast members. Oh, my members. God. What? So, <laughs> Do you get Drake? Uh, no, this is pre-Drake. <laughs> okay. Um, a good series. I don't know if we're going to go. That's Next Generation. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to go into Next Generation. We're on, we're on the final season. But, like, the access that we've sort of been <laughs> given has been a little insane like where we were talking to like cast like so there was a convention this year that was only going to happen once we went and then in the middle of it i just ended up in a hotel room with all almost the entire female cast of the show oh my god what (laughs) what is my life right now like if 14 year old me could have seen me now i would be would not (laughs) believe that the uh woman that played spike is over there there's other woman's over there there's these twins over here and they're all like why aren't we on your podcast yet i'm like give me your phone number (laughs) 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 let's do it it." so yeah that's been fun that's amazing yeah ian you got anything to plug i do not (laughs) okay cool. i I wish i did (laughs) are you starting a next gen degrassi podcast you know what that was the only show so I, I wasn't allowed to watch a whole lot of TV when I was a kid right. because, you know, Satan. Um, <laughs> and I had somehow convinced my mom that Degrassi, The Next Generation, was a Christian TV show Whoa. with good values. I mean, you learn, you learned, uh, everyone got chlamydia or gonorrhea. Got gonorrhea. Or there's that one episode where the, somebody does acid, like takes acid at a party or ecstasy was so I, I like was obsessed with that show right on because everybody else was like watching i don't know 90210 or... so yeah the the woman that mike knows is emma's mom on whoa that show. so yeah maybe i'll start a new degrassi, degrassi hey, next well, generation. well here, here i have never seen a single episode of degrassi you gotta uh, start so do you, do you like canadian melodrama <laughs> It sounds interesting. They're doing acid. They're getting gonorrhea. They're I know somebody get. There's a school shooting. I know. I, I knew about that, and I knew Drake was on it. Yeah, Drake's the oh, person that gets shot. There's some that the guy recipient gets tes- testicular cancer. Yeah, what, it's, dude? What? Yeah, he's a bad. Oh yeah. The, the the show as a whole is pretty groundbreaking. Uh, the pre next gen is uh, bad acting and like <laughs> low yeah. bu- low budget. Um, but like they're like. There's an For like AIDS. a teen show, this sounds yeah. It is, it's great. There's like an AIDS scare. Uh, yeah, by AIDS scare, one of the characters gets a teen <laughs> or <laughs> HIV. Uh, there's like a teen pregnancy. Somebody kills themselves. Yes. Oh my god. There's it. It pulled no punches about talking about like real like youth subjects. Like we're like. Uh, Saved by the Bell was like lighthearted, Just squeaky clean. Yeah. Like... Uh, the original series ends in an amazing way that uh, basically a Game of Thrones itself pre Game of Thrones, <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> and uh, it it's a wild ride. How many seasons is the first the so first it's run broken up into two? It's three seasons of junior high, two seasons of high, and then there's a made for TV movie at the end of it. Interesting. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, you learn a lot. <laughs> the the real friends were the i don't know what I'm <laughs> the friends we made along the way yeah. cool yeah. well thanks to you both for uh coming on and doing this yeah. um yeah, thanks for having us uh as always i'm nick lancaster and with me is rick johnson and ian gould and uh we will see you on side b